right, we're going. We're going. Okay, sorry, I was burping. Burped. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Welcome back. <laughs> Hello. Sorry, sorry about our break. It's our first episode in July. Oh my gosh! And it's July thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, how is your day, everyone? That's good. I'm glad to hear it. Oh, I thought you were asking me. No. First. Well, you how's don't care your day? How my day is. How was your day? It's fine. We both just got home from work, so how was your day at work? It was fine. Stop burping into I, the microphone. I, I turned my the head. The second burp. Stop burping into I'm, it. Okay. They I didn't. Wanna, I, they don't want to hear that. My, I, Stop burping is what I mean. Stop burping. Anyway, how was your day? It was fine. It was okay. It was Mine o- was fine, too. Boring. Good rude i'm sorry yeah if you hear something in the background it's our roommate singing <laughs> um we can't get him to stop so it's but just gonna happen probably only two more episodes probably well, only two more two, episodes I mean, yeah if we actually put out one every week <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that's true possibility. but yeah i don't really know if we should take a break that first uh around the first i don't know so we can deal with the moving and stuff anyway um welcome back everyone i'm carly i'm harry and this is known unknowns the podcast you listen to thank you for listening Mm -hmm. thanks for sticking sticking around or just starting i don't know what you're doing Mm -hmm. um anything new um no, I was just looking up current events before we started. Oh, that. Yeah, did you hear about... Uh, Probably uh, not. No? How, like, what? Haiti, Haiti, the president of Haiti oh, got yeah. assassinated? Oh, yeah, I did see that. That's crazy. Don't they kind of... Don't they have an idea of who did it? Well, yeah. I so, saw on Twitter. So they're... So it was a team of, like... Well, the people that have been detained for it are, like, a squad of... Uh, like Colombian mercenaries um, and they were hired by a firm run out of Colombia or no by a firm run out of Miami Florida which is owned by a Venezuelan immigrant so it's uh, oh, we don't know nobody knows but it's just uh, the, the big thing in the news right now the it big, is. Or the big, con- the big conspiracy in the world, I guess. Yeah. I wasn't really sure what happened there, but... Yeah, I mean, probably the CIA or something. Probably, You would assume. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know, the, the West will, will never forgive Haiti for having a successful slave revolt. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, hmm. Anything else new? I don't, um, I don't know. Oh, this is funny. I have a funny story. Yeah? Okay. I ha- yeah, it's not that funny, but I think it's funny. Okay. So, as most of you know, probably know, I don't know, that I am I am an actress. I, I am an actor. Yeah. I act. Uh-huh. Um, you know, no, you haven't seen me in anything. Don't ask. <laughs> if you have to ask, you obviously haven't seen me in anything. No, I just, that's, you know, that's the number one question you get, isn't it? Oh, have I seen you in anything? (laughs) Well, no. Or you would, uh, and that doesn't make, 
Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So, you know, I don't normally share my auditions with everyone because I'm constantly auditioning for things. And that's like not a flex. That's just <laughs> how it goes. Um, I'm obviously not booking anything. So, <laughs> um, so I don't normally talk about it because like, you know, I'm not going to be like, Did you, I, I auditioned for this mm-hmm. for this movie. Uh, I have an audition coming up for this movie. Wish me luck, everyone, because that would be like a lot. <laughs> and I wouldn't, I know I'm not going to get it, you know? <laughs> right. So I have this, I have an audition for this feature film. Okay. So, um, and it's actually, it's just a voiceover part, but <laughs> it's very funny. You know what the part is for? No. Well, I do, because you told me. Yeah. Well, I wanted to tell everyone. It is for a um, either a male or a female, or I don't know, they said male or female. Mm-hmm. Um, the part is a podcaster a, who has a true crime comedy podcast, and I am auditioning to be the host of this true crime pod- comedy podcast for this feature film, so... Wish me luck, everyone. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. Don't da- don't you dare. Never bring this up again. I just thought it was very funny. I was like, oh my god, yeah. it fits so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, you could like, you could yeah, that's funny. Yeah. I thought it was really funny. I laughed really hard. I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, you could car- carve out a niche for yourself as like a person who plays podcasters in movies. <laughs> mm. They were like, must be good comedian, must have good radio podcaster voice. And I was like, well, (laughs) I have neither of those. (laughs) I don't have that. I do have my own true crime comedy podcast, but um, I never said I was funny or have a good voice for this. So we'll see. I'm supposed to be 20 to 30 years old, and I personally sound like a 15-year-old. So we'll see. Um, anyway, I just thought it was funny. That is funny. So I have to have that in, and I just think it's goofy. I'm like, this is just me. This is just who I am. Hello, 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 casting, uh, director. Hello, casting director of this thing. I'm not going to name it, because, you know, I'm not in it. But, um, yeah, thanks for the audition. This was really funny. And you gave me really funny, comedic content for my podcast. So thank you. (laughs) Because I'm sure you guys are all really laughing really hard right now because that's very funny to you. It's been funny so far. It's been really funny. Um, Anyway, I was really excited to tell you all that. I actually, I got the audition yesterday. And so I immediately was like, I need to tell the podcast people. I need to tell the fans. I need to tell my fans. They'll be so like, it'll just be funny. They'll laugh. Um, Anyway. And you know what? If you didn't know I was an, an actress, it's who I am. If you didn't know. Deal with it. If you don't <laughs> know, now you know. Now you know. Um, all right. Well, do you want to just start, I guess? I do you have anything so. else to share? Because um, I'm going to go first this week. Yeah. No. I, 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 learned a, I learned a fun fact this week. A fun oh, trivia. Oh, what's the fun trivia fun, fact? Fun trivia fact. Um, fun or question. I'll... I'll well, okay. I mean, I know the answer, but like, what is it? who the who is the only U.S. president for whom English was not their first language? Whoa, um, George Washington. No, no. Uh, Abraham Lincoln. A, no, no, no. Why are you saying you're like no, no? Is it not a real president? No, it's a real president. 
I, I don't know. Um, no one's ever heard of him, huh? <laughs> well, no one I mean, talks about him, huh? He's not one of the major ones, no. Taft. No. Was it Taft? No. No one talks about Taft, right? He, less major than Taft. Uh, Johnson. Was there a Johnson? There's two Johnsons. No, uh really? I just guessed <laughs> a last name. How about Fredrickson? No, that's not a president. Are you sure, though? Yes. Sure it's not like a middle name of a president? Man, I wonder if I could name all the presidents if I tried. I'm not going to, but... One time we had to sing songs in, like, music class for the Order of the Presidents. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Adams, Jefferson, Madison, Madison Monroe. Monroe. Under these people, our country, country would grow. grow. Things didn't always go exactly as planned, but... Da -da 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 <laughs> respect the land. That's what it is. <laughs> I just remember things didn't always go exactly as planned. <laughs> Okay, who was it? Uh, Martin Van Buren. Van Buren. He, he was a uh, Martin Van Buren. Mm -hmm. He's kind of he's known. People talk about yeah, Van Buren. He's the father we have of a Van the Buren Democratic Street, right? Party. Oh, is he? Yeah, pretty oh. much. Yeah, but he was he like. Uh, what year was this? Uh, he was president. He was elected president eighteen. Um, no. What was eighteen thirty two? Oh no? shoot! I was gonna say in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Um. What was his first language? Uh, Dutch. He was his parents. Oh, well, he he grew up. Hmm. He he was raised in Pennsylvania in like the the hills and like the country and stuff. No, Pen Pennsylvania Dutch people lived hmm. where where Dutch was, and he grew up speaking Dutch. That's crazy. I know. I did, I never. I, I didn't know any pre U.S. president didn't speak English as a first language, and I wouldn't have Me either. I wouldn't Martin have... Van Buren. Van Buren. I don't know who I would have thought someone. Huh. You think of even less. But doesn't, anyway. Doesn't this candle smell really good? Yeah, I'm trying to think of what it smells like. like. It. No, it, it smells, smells like good. Fruit Loops. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. I know. It, that. It's literally called Fruity Loops and Cereal Milk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. I remember now. Yeah, we went to like a little music, outdoor like music festival and they had art vendors. And so there was a lady selling candles. And you knew, you know, I had to buy candles. I love candles. I know. And this candle smells so freaking good. It has a picture of this woman's dog on it. And the, the scent is Fruity Loops and cereal milk. And it smells so good. I'm just so happy with it right now. Hang on. Talk to them while I find the name of this. Okay. Um, I learned that fact. Well, I mean, that, that, that fact is tangentially related to the topic I'm going to be talking about later on in our podcast. Um, Martin Van Buren may make another appearance if I, uh, oh. re remember to mention him. Okay. But, uh, well, what you got there? All right. So I'll, uh, post a picture of this because I highly suggest their candles actually from this one candle that I've used. I bought a, I bought two, so I'll keep you updated if I hate the other one, but I'm pretty sure I'll like them. They're like comp, they're, they're the same size as the, um seven ounce candles from bath and body works and they're like the same price it's like a bath and body works candle they perform just as well if not better than a bath and body works candle i just want to say this for all the candle lovers if you don't want to support bath and body works and you want to support a chicago um candle and other thing maker a chicago artist Mm -hmm. Then you should order from them yeah um so the the it's called stubs sniffs and suds 
This is called Big Fruity Boo because their dog's name is Boo. Uh-huh. Her dog's name is Ozzy, actually, but they call him Boo. And that he likes the scent. So it's called Fruity Rings Cereal Milk, and it's a scented coconut wax blend candle, hand-poured in Chicago, Illinois. Stubbs, Sniffs, and Suds. I have her um, business card, so I will post a picture of the business card as well in case you guys are interested i'm pretty sure she has some kind of shop but if not if you're in the chicagoland area i'm i think she goes to a lot of art festivals so you could probably find her (laughs) if you ever see stubs sniffs and suds it's good look her little logo is her dog Mm -hmm. on here it's very cute and it smells just like fruit loops and cereal milk it's amazing (laughs) it does smell like that doesn't it smell good Mm mm-hmm Anyway, just wanted to shout that out because I really like this candle a lot. Okay. So are you ready for my topic this week? Yeah, I'm ready to hear about it. Okay. So I'm going to start with, uh, I heard this about this man um, from a podcast that I listened to, and it's called Tight Lipped Pod. Okay. I listened to this podcast um, because I was recently diagnosed with vulvodynia and vaginismus. Uh, they're you probably haven't heard of them unless you have them uh they're basically like pelvic disorders and stuff so i listen to this podcast because they talk about uh pelvic floor and like pelvic disorders and also just how the medical industry is sexist and racist and all that stuff so it's actually a really good podcast even if you don't have any of these problems but if you have any kind of a vulva vaginal kind of pain also listen to this podcast because you're not alone. That's kind of why they made the podcast to, you know, so people don't feel so alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if you experience anything like that, painful sex, any kind of, like, p- uh, pelvic spasms, um, just, you know, any kind of stuff like that, pain in the vaginal area, any of that, listen to this podcast because it's good. Um, anyway... They talked about this man, and you know how, I don't know if I've ever said this on this podcast, have I ever told you that I think male gynecologists are creepy? I mean, I've told you that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to talk about a man, a male gynecologist today, who is actually a really good person. So, here we go. So, I got a lot of this, I got um, this uh, information from the Chicago Defender, and also Tight Lipped Pod. Okay. Um, and you can go to tightlippedpod.org and see all of their episodes. And then in all of their, like, um, episode descriptions, they have everything. They have, like, the transcripts of the episodes and also um, places you can donate to or you can donate to them if you want to. Um, uh, anyway, so I'm going to start. I'm going to tell you the story of Donald L. Chatman. Okay. Dr. Donald L. Chatman. Okay. Put some respect on his name. Yeah. He did a lot of, well, you'll hear, but he did a lot of research in endometriosis in black, oh, black females. I also want to say this before we start. A lot of this is like data driven. So in a lot of the data, they use the term women or females. Uh And then in his research, because it was like the 60s, he used female or woman. Mm -hmm. Um so when I'm refer- I'm going to try whenever I'm referring to like the data, I'm going to say like when I'm repeating the data, I'm going to say like women and females and stuff. But um, just know that you don't have to be a female to have 
endometriosis or like a uterus. So Mm -hmm. any person with a uterus listening to this podcast, I'm not trying to like... Yeah, so I'm going to try to use gender neutral terms as much as I can, but when I'm referring to the data, I'm going to list the stats as they have it. But just know, that's another reason it's flawed. The system is flawed. (laughs) Um, So... Donald L. Chapman was born in New Orleans, Louisiana. It said New Orleans, L.A., like capital L.A., so I was like, L.A.? What's New Orleans? I I kept wanting to say it. I kept thinking Los Angeles, so I had to spell out Louisiana because every time I saw L.A., I got confused. (laughs) Uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, 1934. The middle son of Dr. Aristotle Lorenzo Quincy Chapman. What a good, it's a name. good name. Isn't it amazing? And and uh Ulysses S. Chapman, which is also a cool name. It's like Ulysses, but like I think that's how you say that, Ulysses. Yeah, that Ulysses, that's like awesome. It. Um he grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, along with his two brothers. Um his parents wanted to give their children a great education. They valued education cuz like his dad was a doctor and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so they sent him to Mount Hermon's School for Boys in Gill, Massachusetts. Um, Long way from home. Yeah. Then um, he got accepted to Chapman, um, got accepted to Harvard University, where he earned his A.B. in physical anthropology. So okay. smart man. Okay. And then after Harvard, he applied for Louisiana State University Medical School, but was denied entry because he was black. So he ended up going to the same medical school as his father, um, Harry Medical College in Nashville, Tennessee, where he, where he received an MD and then opened a practice in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was followed by a two-year stint in the United States Air Force, where he served as captain in the Medical Corps and was honorably discharged in 1965. So I believe he was probably, like, drafted or something. I don't think because he had his own medical practice. Mm-hmm. In this, I'm gonna say this Chicago Defender article about him was not good. Like oh, it no. was not that good. They were like his loving, devoted wife of like they would his only love in the world. Like it was a lot about how he loved his wife and children, <laughs> and then also didn't really mention any of like they were just like yeah he was a good doctor with endometriosis. That's all. And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> he actually did a lot more than that. So it, it's not that good. I don't really suggest it. I suggest listening to the episode about him on Tight Lipped Pod personally. Because, okay. um, yeah, I didn't find it very good. Okay. Okay. After leaving the military, Dr. Chapman decided to pursue a specialty in obstetrics. I am bad at saying that word. And gynecology or OBGYN. If you've ever heard someone say OBGYN. And moved to Chicago to complete his residency at Michael Reese Hospital and Medical Center, uh, where he was only the second black person attending in the gynecology department. He set up his own practice, private practice, and it grew quickly. Uh, There he met Linda, his wife, who is working as a registered nurse. Uh, Today, Linda is actually a lawyer, so they're a pretty cool couple. But yeah, now she's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. If she's not retired by now, um, his daughter Linda Chapman said that he was set he was set on becoming an o- OBGYN from a very early age because he loved delivering babies, mm-hmm. which is just precious. I think that's kind of a precious thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so his father 
So Chapman's father had been a doctor in the 1920s, but back then a black doctor could not be a specialist. Mm -hmm. They weren't allowed to be a specialist. They could only be a general family doctor for black people. Uh Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, he couldn't be a specialist. Um, so, and this was kind of still a challenge at the time for Dr. Chapman when he wanted to go into gynecology. Like, it wasn't, like, black doctors still weren't really, mm-hmm. they didn't really like it. So, you know, because they're racist. So, uh, so finally he was able, so he did, he ended up specializing in gynecology and obstetrics or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's a very smart man. Um, <laughs> And so finally, he was able to set up a practice as an OBGYN in Chicago on 87th and Stony Island, where he stayed for several decades. So he practiced in Chicago and, like, raised his family here. So also, Chicago man, my guy. (laughs) So Dr. Chapman was also particularly interested in gynecologic laparoscopy. Oh, my gosh. Lap. Laparoscopy. Okay. La- labrisc- I can't say the word. Oscopy. <laughs> it's supposed to be oscopy. Laparoscopy. Okay. <laughs> Which is an alternative to open surgery. Uh, most of his patients at Michael Reese Hospital were black women, and he noticed that many of them had the telltale signs of endometriosis, which immediately caught his attention. So this is when we start getting into more details about this Mm -hmm. man and stuff. So in textbooks, uh, he was studying and what other doctors were teaching him and just the common kind of knowledge at the time Mm -hmm. um, was that black black women couldn't get endometriosis. Uh Um, It was most common in middle-aged white women. They called it the career woman disease. Right. Um, So like, you know, if you wanted to have a career and not children, you're probably going to get endometriosis. Yeah. So, and they said black women, black women couldn't get endometriosis. So if you're black, you can't get it. But he was seeing a lot of his patients with like all the signs of endometriosis. Mm -hmm. So Linda, his daughter, um, remembers one line from a medical textbook in particular, quote, in the colored wards where PID is commonest, the endometriosis is rarest. So, what is PID? Um, That stands for pelvic inflammatory disease, and that typically occurs when sexually transmitted bacteria spread to the uterus, fallopian tubes, or ovaries. Therefore, the long-standing racist stereotype that black people are hypersexual and promiscuous suggested that PID was the most common and endo was not common. So, their pelvic disorders and their pain were chalked up to... PID or, an, you know, they were like, yeah, you just got some bacteria from um, having sex. Right. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Chapman started to take notice when many of his black patients started coming in with endometriosis, including teenagers, um, because remember, that was supposedly a disease for middle aged white women, not right. black people and not teenagers of any race. Like right. it just affected like older women. Mm hmm. So he started documenting it and writing down data about Uh what he was finding. Uh So what exactly is endometriosis, you might be asking? Is that what you're asking? Sure, You're probably asking. So endo, endo, or endometriosis is an extremely painful disorder. Actually, my mom has endometriosis. So, yeah. Um, And she said it was quite painful. 
Okay. It is an extremely painful disorder in which tissue similar to the tissue that normally lines the inside of your uterus or endometrium grows outside of your uterus. Mm-hmm. So the tissue, the uterus lining grows on the outside of your uterus. Got it. And then it can spread to like other things in you and start growing on other stuff if it's not treated. Right. So it just gets worse and worse and worse with time. Mm-hmm. Um. So endometriosis most commonly involves your ovaries, fallopian tubes, and the tissue lining your pelvis. Symptoms include uh, painful periods, pain in the lower abdomen, cramps one or two weeks around menstruation, heavy menstrual bleeding or bleeding between periods. And by like heavy, they mean like you could bleed for like months, like it never stops. And Uh then you could like pass out from like blood loss. Like it's intense. Like this... um, so these women were coming in with, like, intense pain, and mm-hmm. they were like, eh, it's probably just like an STI, here's some antibiotics or whatever. Right. Um, infertility, pain following sexual intercourse, discomfort with bowel movements, lower back pain that may occur at any time during your menstrual cycle. So not a fun thing to have. No. Unfortunately, endometriosis can only be confirmed and diagnosed through laparoscopic surgery. Mm-hmm. So they have to see whether it's growing. Mm-hmm. to confirm like you can say you probably have it right because um, they're, they're showing all the signs of it mm-hmm. but um it has to be confirmed and diagnosed through surgery i guess they could probably diagnose you with it before but they have to confirm it with um surgery right so lap laparoscopy is an operation performed in the abdomen or pelvis using small incisions with the aid of a camera the laparoscope aids diagnosis or therapeutic interventions with small, with a few small cuts in the abdomen. During these surgeries, Dr. Chapman would take photos and turn them into slides so that he could present them to his colleagues mm-hmm. to show, hey, look, all these black patients I have have endometriosis. So, right. like, there is something wrong with these textbooks because I learned that black patients couldn't get them. Right. Um, and he had, he and his wife had actually always been skeptical of the career woman's disease theory. Right. Um, but now they had proof that it was not at all true. Like, they always were skeptical, obviously. I think most people were. Even if, like, if they even knew what endometriosis was. Like, mm-hmm. they probably right. didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so most doctors at the time with patients coming in with signs of endo, uh, they would... The doctors would dismiss them, um, tell them they had, like, PID or that um, you, a lot of times they would tell them to have, like, babies, to so start having babies sooner. Hmm. And I guess getting pregnant can reduce pain from endometriosis because you're not having your periods anymore. But it's also extremely difficult to get pregnant. You can be infertile if you right. have endometriosis. So. Basically, they're like, just start having babies, and then you won't be in pain anymore. Right. Or they were just completely dismissed because they were black. Um, But unfortunately, uh, this doesn't really do anything to solve the problem. It actually makes the problem worse, uh, because endo gets worse and worse over time if it goes undiagnosed. Mm -hmm. And your body will continue to grow more tissue on, on your uterus and other parts inside. And yeah. it just causes more and more pain. Mm-hmm. 
And in fact, this still happens today. Uh, many black people with a uterus have to visit many, many, many specialists in order to get diagnosed with endometriosis. Mm -hmm. And there are still plenty of practicing doctors that believe black women can't get endo or that it is most common in white women, which right. is simply false. Mm -hmm. um, and this says something, I think I say this later in here, but like... It, it's very underdiagnosed in white women as well, or mm -hmm. white people with a uterus. It's very underdiagnosed because we don't know anything about endometriosis. It's not well studied because, mm -hmm. like, why would they want to study something about a uterus? <laughs> um, so to say that it's underdiagnosed in black people, like, that's insane. That means they're really not getting diagnosed with it at all. Right. And it's, like, a serious thing. Mm -hmm. So Linda... Um, Chapman's daughter mm -hmm. says, quote, if a black woman walks into the ER or comes into your office and she's complaining of bleeding, pelvic pain, you know that kind of thing. You know that kind of thing. Give her some antibiotics. Send her on her way. Okay. If a middle-aged white woman comes in with the exact same complaints, then you work her up for endometriosis. It's just as simple as that, end quote. And I'm not saying, I mean, it, white uh, people are way more, like, they're way more willing to listen to them and possibly suggest endometriosis and, uh, you know, get the lab work done and stuff that they need to and blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. Right. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to comment. It's very underdiagnosed in general, but like extremely. Un like if you're saying that it's underdiagnosed in white people, like it's very underdiagnosed in um, black people. So. Sure. So in the 1970s, Dr. Chapman started compiling the data he was seeing in his practice. He sent his papers to all sorts of journalists, asking them to publish his findings. He asked to come in and speak at medical meetings, but nobody would listen to him. Other doctors simply didn't believe Dr. Chapman's da data. They just didn't believe it. Uh -huh. They were like, that's not true. Until one day when he got an unexpected opportunity. He got an invitation for a medical meeting in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, in Canada. Okay. Um, they asked him to present his data for the very first time. After the presentation, a doctor approached him and asked, quote, So, um, do fair-skinned black women get it more than dark-skinned black women? <laughs> End quote. They could not wrap their heads around the idea that black patients could have endometriosis. Right. Like, they just could not. They're like, well, are you sure? Like, okay, yeah. but is it more common? And, like, uh -huh. it has something to do with the color of your skin, right? Like, it has <laughs> to. Uh, but after his um, presentation, things started to change for Dr. Chapman. It wasn't an overnight success by any means, but he worked really hard, and slowly people started listening to him and started inviting him to speak at conferences. Finally, Dr. Chapman's research was approved for publication. In 1976, Dr. Chapman published an article called Endometriosis in the Black Woman. A quote from Tight-Lipped Pod. Okay. He confirmed endometriosis in one in five patients he studied. Many of them had been wrongly diagnosed with pelvic inflammatory disease. He argued that misdiagnosis stemmed from the long-standing myth about immunity, the stereotype about promiscuity, and the idea that an only older women develop endo. In the article, he called on his fellow doctors to listen to their black patients who had pelvic pain and to investigate, end quote. 
Dr. Chapman started to make a name for himself, and people respected him and his research. He was eventually able to join the board of the American Association of Gynecologic um, Laparoscopy. I'm not saying that word right, but we're just going to go with it. (laughs) Yeah, good enough. There he had a national platform and later served as the president. By the mid-80s, his impact was visible. He finally got the textbooks changed, almost single-handedly. He believed that changing the medical textbooks and teachings would finally debunk the myth that black people couldn't get endometriosis. And it kind of worked. Um, people started to slowly back away from the idea that black patients can't get endo. Uh-huh. But Linda Chapman says the work isn't over. Quote, every woman should know what endometriosis is, whether they have it or not. They should know like people know what breast cancer is. Mm-hmm. End quote. Which is so true. Like, it need, like it's very common. It's mm-hmm. super common. And it's, right. yeah, more people should know about it so they can advocate for themselves. Um, unfortunately, black patients are still suffering from this myth today. Just because the idea is mostly gone uh, in the textbooks and medical documents, it doesn't mean it's gone from our brains or subconscious or, right. you know. Yeah. Um, or from the subconscious of medical professionals. In 2019, a review of medical literature revealed that black patients are only about half as likely to be diagnosed with endometriosis compared to white patients. And this is significant, again, because even white patients go underdiagnosed because so little is known about endometriosis. Mm -hmm. And there are studies that say there are still a lot of doctors who believe that it is less common in black women or black people that it's more common in white women. Mm -hmm. So a quote from the podcast, in fact, up until this past summer, this past summer, this past summer, Johns Hopkins listed, quote, being a white woman as a risk factor for endometriosis. So like it is still like people by believe this uh-huh. like it was listed on their website it wasn't until uh kyla kenzader Ken- a black endometriosis advocate called them and they took it down <laughs> like a hospital one, one of the, a medical one of the establishment hospitals. i know <laughs> had it listed that white it's more common in white women which is simply false it is <laughs> false like uh-huh. <laughs> If we're seeing more white women being, like, diagnosed with this, it's because they have more access to, like, medical care. So they're able to go to specialist after specialist after specialist after specialist and get finally diagnosed. And they also have the money to get this um, surgery done because it's expensive as hell. And a lot of insurances don't cover that um, procedure. Mm -hmm. Because usually when they go in and look for it, they'll also cut it out. And it costs women sometimes like $50,000 to like get the surgery. Right. That, that's, what I was, get... that's what I was going to say earlier is that middle-aged white women are the people who have the resources to get a di- get diagnosed and treated exactly. for it, so. But if you look at like the percentages of women going into the doctor and like having these pains and being di- – like it's, it's, it's the same. Like there's no difference. It's just white women have the means. You have more – of the means to go in and get treated because it mm-hmm. usually takes it. You cannot get diagnosed on your first visit, mm-hmm. and a lot of people can't afford to go in f- for more than one visit. Right. Yeah. It's impossible to get diagnosed with a lot of like 
pelvic disorders or anything that has to do with like your uterus or anything mm-hmm. like it's really difficult yeah so it's just it's very frustrating that they were still listing being a white woman yeah as a risk factor because that's simply false oh, i'm no. just it just makes me really angry <laughs> So during his career, he served as an attending physician at South Chicago Community Hospital, Provident Hospital, and later at Northwestern Memorial Hospital and Mercy Hospital and Medical Center. At the time of his retirement, Dr. Chapman was an associate professor of clinical obstetrics and gynecology at Northwestern Feinberg School of Medicine. But despite his achievements in research, clinical education, and gynecologic surgery. His first love was always delivering babies. Um, throughout his career, he delivered thousands of babies in the Chicagoland area. Dr. Chapman actually had bulletin boards all over his office with faces of all the babies he delivered. His walls were covered with them. Many of them span across generations. And his daughter says, quote, You know, I used to wonder, why do you have all those babies' faces? <laughs> and mm-hmm. I don't know... And I don't know if he was, he probably wasn't conscious of it, but I am now, that he was helping to facilitate black life, end quote. Because many of his patients were struggling with infertility, Mm -hmm. so he was, like, helping them through that, and then he was just cherishing this life. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was committed to helping them even when other doctors said there was nothing they could do for them. So on Thursday, February 22nd, 2018, Dr. Chapman passed away suddenly at home with Linda, his wife. Dr. Chapman was preceded in death by his parents and his brothers. He is survived by his wife, Linda, daughters, Linda Chapman Todman, and Eleanor Louise Chapman, or Cece, uh, son, Eric Leverett Chapman, in-laws, James and Louis Wilson, stepsons, Carl R. Golden and Bruce E. Golden, cousin Faye Green, seven grandchildren, two great-grandchildren, and a host of extended family and friends, and a whole community of grateful patients. So people, like, raved about him as a doctor. Like, there were women who gave um, interviews to this podcast who were like, this is the first doctor I've ever, like, had a close relationship with who uh-huh. listened to me uh-huh. and who wasn't a touchy-feely guy. He was just – he obviously just cared. And he cared about their fertility and their pain and their and would investigate their pain and fi- try to figure it out. Right. And, yeah, and he still – his reviews are actually still up online. Uh-huh. He still has, like, a, um, a page on the – some website and uh, he has like a like a five-star rating from like thousands of like women loved him people Uh loved going to him because he just like cared obviously he did so much work yeah for black women and endometriosis like Mm -hmm. it's insane he like single-handedly fought to get the textbooks changed to get this changed and he like he uh, was the first one to start documenting any of this evidence. Like, right. hey, this isn't cool. Because even then, there people just weren't, like, believing mm-hmm. the people who came in with pain. Right. And it still happens. Doctors still don't believe the pain. So they're just like, eh, it's probably nothing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. In the episode I was listening to, there was also, it was a woman, um, a black woman who has endometriosis. And she went to the ER, like, 
many, many, many times mm-hmm. because she would just like pass out from pain. Like, uh-huh. and they would always say like an, ovar- an ovarian cyst or like something burst or, you mm-hmm. know. And then one time they gave her like this intense drug. I mm-hmm. don't know. And they didn't explain to her how to use it. They just prescribed it to her. So she overdosed on like uh, some really intense pain medication. She was only supposed to take like one a day and she uh-huh. took like seven because she was in so much pain. Yeah. And then she was like sick in the hospital for like days. Mm. And then they're like, but it did, did, did it help your pain? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a real problem. So I just, this guy is cool. Uh-huh. And I wanted to share this because I'm sure I've said male gynecologists are creepy. <laughs> but I guess there can be good ones. Right. He was a good... I was just, like, in tears listening to this story for many reasons. Because, uh-huh. like, this guy just did so much work because he cared so much. Mm-hmm. And then also, it's all just so sad. Like, yeah. it's all just so sad because we're still not that far along. Like, uh-huh. it's... Just this summer, Johns Hopkins, or whatever, John, mm-hmm. Johns Hop, whatever, had, oh, you'd think they wouldn't put, like, excuse me? That's not accurate. I know. You'd think you could trust, like, a hospital in what they say, or, like, a medical, yeah. <laughs> you want to be able to trust your doctors and the medical professionals, and you can't. I know. So that's my story. Okay, I get I, I like it. Yeah. My, my, mine are going to be much more uh, uh, frivolous and uh, less uh, less significant. Yeah, I was excited to do this story because I thought, I, as soon as I heard about him, I was like, I have to do this for the podcast. It's amazing. Okay. So yeah. I got like most of this from tightlippedpod.org. So uh-huh. you should go there. Uh-huh. Um, actually, let me give you some places you can look into as well. Okay. I meant to do this, and then I forgot to put it on here, but they listed it on the website, so let me go to it. Okay. Um, so, you should talk while I'm oh, doing okay. this. Um, what do I have to say about stuff? Well, I, so I've got, I've got two different things that I'm going to be talking about to, as well today mm. that are, are completely unrelated. Um, but... Are you, um, but, so, I mean, they're both significant events in the world, but, I mean, probably less, uh, um, uh, important sounding than what Carly's been talking about. Um, are, are yeah, you finding I anything can't, that you're I can't, rem- I can't find it, but there is one here. It's called Endo Black Ink. Uh-huh. And um, it's it was founded by black women with endometriosis, mm-hmm. and they f- um, they raise money to uh, bring education about endometriosis into um, mostly black schools uh-huh. and communities. So they're being like educated about it and fighting for you know that stigma and that myth to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're a really great organization. I've looked into them. You should donate if you can. Um, it's endo black dot org e-n-d-o black dot org um and yeah it's just uh there's a just a lot of cool ladies a lot of cool people Uh um and you should donate to them because they're doing really good work and 
it's important. So, yeah, that's one thing. Um, I'll try to find more links to places that are doing stuff um, like that for endometriosis, specifically for black people with endometriosis. So, uh-huh. And then list it in the description so you can check them out at least and support however you can. Right. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Well, good. That's my story. Okay. Um, well, so I'm going to... So mine, I'm going to start off with some more current events mm-hmm. um, coming from uh, phantomsandmonsters.com. Uh, yeah, Phantoms and Monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, My favorite website. So I just, just got two quick hits, to a couple of updates on Chicago area. <gasps> uh, Owlman? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, so in... Mothman? Whatever it may be. Yes. Okay. So from Thursday, June 10th, 2021... A red-eyed, winged humanoid encountered by several witnesses near Chicago's Shedd Aquarium. They're all downtown, too. It's got to be real. Let's go. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's see here. Um, Two women and several other witnesses encounter a red-eyed, winged humanoid along the Lake Michigan at Chicago's Shedd Aquarium. The description closely resembles other sightings over the years. Okay, um... The following report was received by Phantoms and Monsters, 14 research member and UFO Clearinghouse founder, Manuel Navarrete. Anyway, I was out for a regular evening walk with my two friends along the lakefront trail. This was on June 3rd, 2021 at about 10 p.m. We were at the museum campus and had just walked around the Adler Planetarium. As we took the path that goes around the backside of the Shed Aquarium, we saw something ahead of us along the railing. We at first thought it might be someone just taking a break while walking or jogging. As we got closer, we saw that it was perched up on the railing and that it was solid black. Oh my god! As we got to within 15 to 20 feet of it, it turned and we saw what looked like a pair of red eyes and that it had a pair of wings that were on its back. Uh, We stopped dead in our tracks and this thing started to make a chirping sound followed by a loud screech before it started to flap its wings and took off into the air. Oh, would you believe if you had this encounter? I guess, I mean, I would believe... Well, I mean, if it started flying, would you believe it? I would believe that I saw something. Yeah, but not like a human trying to mess with you? I would believe that I saw like a... Yeah, like a, like a bird or something. Yeah, that'd be crazy. I think you'd believe you think I would believe that I saw a, a bird man? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Uh, it f- took off into the air. As it took off, we heard a scream that came from three women coming in the opposite direction as we were. This thing took off and was gone within a few seconds as it took off toward the Navy Pier. We stood there and caught our breath and got over the fright as did the other women. One of the ladies asked us if we saw the same thing she did and we told her we did. After waiting around for about five minutes to see if we could see it again, we continued on our walk and headed toward home. Uh, I told my girlfriend when I got home, and she told me that it might have been a large bird that was perched on the railing, and its eyes might have been reflecting the lights. Yeah, yeah, okay. But she also told me about the Mothman sightings that they've had, that that have been seen throughout the city, and joked around that we might have seen the Mothman himself. You did, you did. (laughs) I initially laughed it off and dismissed it as a misidentified bird, but my curiosity eventually got the best of me, and I looked up these sightings, and that's what led me to this site. I'm not one to believe in the oogie boogie, but this oogie boogie, l- oogie boogie. <laughs> oogie boogie. but this looked a lot more like a man-shaped being that more than it did a bird. That's crazy. 
What if you just saw a man with wings and then fly off, Harry? What would you think? <laughs> well, then I would With other people around you who also saw the same thing and you okay. woke up the next morning and you were still like, yeah, I definitely saw that. Well, then I would think that I saw a man with wings take off and fly That's away. crazy, right? Would you believe in Mothman? I'd believe in whatever that was. Mothman. <laughs> what? Mothman is a man with wings. What are you talking about? You would believe in Mothman. Okay. I, Grow uh, up. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay yes if i saw the it's mothman time. i would believe it's in the time mothman. to believe in mothman harry <laughs> end the shtick end the stop it believe it's time it's time there's so much evidence here it's time okay um <sighs> continue okay uh where okay um i wish i could have gotten a picture of it you never know it might have been the legendary chicago mothman that i saw Maybe he's ready to come out to everyone and might even show up at Pride in the Park this year. Oh my gosh. Funny thing is, I've lived in the loop for the last 10 years and we walk the same path three to four times a week. Always the same path and I've seen plenty of birds of all shapes and sizes. Aside from the occasional homeless person or crackhead. Oh, okay. Okay. I've never seen anything out of the ordinary and I've never had an issue. Even late in the evening. I don't think seeing someone sleeping on the sidewalk is unusual, but... It's certainly more common than it should be. Um, it's not something you'd be like, that's weird that I saw that in Chicago. You know? Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, this is the first time I have ever encountered anything like this in all of my time living in the loop. Well, that's my story. I hope it helps. And if there is anything further I can add, just reach out to me via email. This is crazy. Because, like, even if it isn't, like, the Mothman, which, like, it obviously is, it's, like, a weird bird that no one's seen, and it's huge, the size of, like, a human. Crazy, right? Uh, yeah. There's you some, don't believe anybody? Yeah. That's crazy. It, it's cool. It's cool to see a big bird, yeah. Okay. I agree. <laughs> well, you said it's cool, not crazy. Well, All right, continue. All right. Is that it? No, you have one more, Yeah, one more. Uh, From Thursday, June 24th uh, is when this was posted. Man, we should every week do Mothman updates if there is one. Well, Mothman update. Well, these are the the two most recent ones. I know. Each week we look to see if there's new ones posted, you know, and then we update them on Mothman. Okay. This is the weekly Mothman update. All right. Uh, The Singular Fortian Society was contacted recently by a woman who wished to report her sighting of a large black creature gliding over Roosevelt Road by Elmhurst, Illinois. Oh my god. So not in Chicago, but in Elmhurst. But close. Yeah. Chicago area. Yeah. Um, It can fly. uh, On May 8th was when they saw it, around 8.15pm. So uh, a couple months ago. Okay. Uh, the woman who asked that she remain anonymous said that she was in her car driving west on Roosevelt Road in Elmhurst when she saw the creature. Uh, Roosevelt Road in that area is like an expressway, she said. It had just crossed over the expressway. It caught my attention as it was going over my car. According to the woman, she doesn't live in the area, but was on her way to her daughter's home in Villa Park to feed her dogs. <laughs> I live in Melrose Park, she said, but I am on that road often to go to her house or the gym in Oakbrook. The creature, she said, was larger than a regular bird. It was by itself at night with large wings and a long body. The long body is what caught my attention. It was coming out along. Uh, it was coming out long from below the wings. It never used its wings. It was just gliding. 
Uh, it was way larger than any regular bird. The wings were very large. It was all black and it was alone. The lower body was larger than any bird. Most birds' heads and legs are proportioned to their bodies, and this thing's legs were very long. Yes, we get it. We get it. She said the legs be- or the body below the wings are very long, like five times. Uh, it was starting to get dark at that point, and I was driving fast, but its size is what made me do a double take. Also, I feel like lots of birds have long legs. Continue. Just saying. It was going north, Not but it wasn't... human length legs. I, yeah. No! I feel like... Yeah, but like, are they stick legs that are really long, or are they like hefty thighs? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Mothman's got thighs, okay? Okay. So I think they see human legs, like thighs and calves. I, I muscular guess... calves and thighs. I, okay. That's not on a bird. I guess that, yeah. This no. is, that is left open for interpretation here. She Continue. It was going north, but it wasn't necessarily flying. I never saw the wings flap. They were extended out. It was more like gliding. It reminded me of a kite. It wasn't going too fast either, like most birds. Nothing about her sighting immediately stuck out to the woman as paranormal, although she did say that she has, uh, quote, experienced paranormal stuff since she was a kid. Even now as an adult, I still have experiences, she said. One thing that did stand out was the amount of anxiety she felt, even before her sighting that day. Not sure if this counts, but I was extremely anxious all all day that day, so much that I felt a need for a drink or Xanax, she explained. But my daughter was away that weekend with her boyfriend, and I knew he was going to propose, so I was waiting for the news. I figured that's why I was so nervous that day. Lady, what? That is why you were so nervous that day. You didn't have some, like, weird gut feeling you were going to see Mothman. After the sighting, the anxiety became fear. Stop it. Well, yeah, you saw a big-ass bird. I'd be like, why is this pterodactyl flying around? Those are extinct. Oh, yeah, it is. It's the Chicago pterodactyl, of course. Yeah. I did become scared after I saw it, she said. I was afraid to be in the dark. I didn't let the dogs out long because I didn't want to see it again in the yard. I ran to my car once I went home. I was very uneasy and could not stop thinking about it. To this day, I still think about it every day. Do you believe in the Thunderbird? Do you Uh, believe in the Thunderbird? Yes or no? No. Why not? This is a big bird. You believe in big birds. I thought you said you believe in big birds. You're right. I do believe in big birds. Okay. You don't believe someone saw a Thunderbird-sized bird? Or a human-sized bird? Um, Why don't you trust people? Who hurt you? What do you... No, I believe they saw a big bird. Yeah, but not a human-sized bird. I mean, it could be roughly human-sized. How how big are... How big is like a... Like a... I don't know, like a sandhill crane? How big is that? They're not seeing a sandhill crane. All right. What are what other other kinds of birds, then? Whatever. This is ending. Seeing an emu? This is ending. Okay. (laughs) That's your weekly... Chicago Mothman Owlman update. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you do you want to hear my other topic, or should I save it for another another time? What other topic? You have another topic? Yeah. What is it? Uh, I was going to talk about a, a political scandal from the eighteen hundreds. No, save it for next. Save it week. for next week. Yeah, okay. we don't need three topics in one episode. All right. We're an hour in. Save it for next week because you know you're not going to do research for next week. That's right.
I'll just, right. uh, yeah. All I right. will save it. Are we ready to end this bad boy? I'm ready. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Um, this has been the podcast, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, find us online. Oh, my God. Go you forgot what to say, didn't you? Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I've been Harry. I'm still Carly. And this has been... Known Unknowns. Uh, uh, take your pants off and chill out. Because it's weird out there. Bye. Bye.